Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Rangers Rundown. Today I am Max, also playing the role of Hayden, and Max Hayden is joined by Mike. Hey now. And we're gonna we're gonna talk about baseball being good because sometimes baseball gives you twelve to one victories of the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, and that's all baseball gives you—just good times, just just only happy vibes here. It's all we really need to talk about, right? Uh, obviously, big win in the Saturday game for the Rangers. A, uh, a strong performance from Colby Allard, uh, chasing Trevor Bauer. Not really all that early. I think he pitched into the seventh, if I remember right. But uh, got no support from his offense, which is one of the best in baseball. And uh, the Rangers managed to tag a couple of big runs in there. So got to see some uh, some shots from Jonah Heim and Jason Martin. Uh, obviously, the big power threats on this team. Going deep, doing the thing that they are paid the big bucks to do, which is put balls in seats. So that was fun. And I, I, I had a good time. Yeah, yeah. And you got some good performances from a lot of your regulars. Uh, IKF was three for five. Gallo mm-hmm. was uh, two for three with a walk. Two walks. Uh, Garcia was two for five. Nate Lowe was three for five. So, yeah. Yeah, they, they hit fairly well off of Bauer, which was... You know, good. Like that's he's still one of the best pitchers in the the game. They drew two walks, picked up uh, nine hits off Trevor, really kind of knocking him around a little bit. Uh, you know, only ultimately got the four earned runs, but six total off of him. But yeah, the offense did well there, and then they feasted on the 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 soft, fleshy underbelly of the weak parts of the Dodgers bullpen, uh, which for some reason includes David Price. Uh, who always makes me sad to see like David Price not being very good anymore because he was so good early in his career. I, I always kind of liked Price, but we were always rumored to be trading for him. That's yeah, for he sure. was always one of those guys that the Rangers were just about to get. They were on the verge of making a move for uh, for David Price. It kind of felt, um, but that was nice. The other thing that kind of stood out to me from that, not just the the bats, but the Rangers clearly had something in the scouting report on Bauer because Isaiah Connor Falefa went a little bit nuts on the base paths. I think he stole three bases, uh, and and Joey got one too, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm looking. Uh, which it's just kind of fun. I mean, uh, Izzy's been been yeah, he got three. Well. Yeah, three bags, which is uh, always fun to see. There's something there, either from from Bauer being able to uh, to pick up what he was doing, or knowing that he was really sort of the plate, or just feeling that they could run on Will Smith. Um, pick up a couple of steals. That's something that we talk about every once in a while for Texas is that they they made a lot of noise about wanting to be a little bit more of an aggressive team, try to scrape some runs here or there. But we haven't always seen that this season, um, and if. If you're talking about a very poor offensive year all the way around in a team that doesn't really have any of the big heavy hitters that you'd like to see, that's certainly a way to manufacture some offense and do what you can to support some pitchers who are, uh, on occasion, giving you some good performances. Obviously, Gibson has been very good this season. We've got Dane Dunning on the mound today. He's typically turned in a pretty good uh, run for Texas. So that's that's good. Um Izzy stole third earlier today in the Sunday game, which pulls him up with the, the three yesterday to second in baseball, only to Whit Merrifield of the Royals, which is kind of fun because Izzy's not a guy I typically think of as being a real burner. Like, he's athletic, he's quick, but he's 
he's more quick than fast, I, I think, is the uh, the way I'd probably think about it most of the time. And 15 steals is because he's, a. it turns out, a pretty good baseball player. I think his, his baseball IQ is, is through the roof. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy, he just knows what to do. Yeah. This is, I mean, we, and Evan was talking about it. Everybody who knows anything about the team talks about the, the Michael Young comp and that folks don't want to, you don't want to compare a kid to like a franchise icon kind of player who was so well known for, for really getting the most out of a lot of his game. But that's just the comp that kind of keeps coming up. And it's, you know, I, I still like it. I, I think it's maybe it's a little bit biased slash lazy. We're Rangers fans, so we look for like that kind of guy in Rangers history. He's relatively recent still. Don't tell me how long he's been out of the game. I don't need to think about that. Uh, but he's still recent enough. But it's not a terrible comp, and he just he plays the game extremely well. I, I was pulling up his his stat cast numbers just to, to you know maybe I'm wrong, but Isaiah kind of thought seventieth percentile sprint speed. So he's you know he's above average, but he, this is not a guy who's going to be bringing home the Olympic bacon as it were. He's not a burner. He's just really good at taking the getting the absolute most out of everything he does. Doesn't hit for a ton of power, but he can put some dingers in there every once in a while. Um, he was a guy who had a good defensive reputation as a prospect, but people weren't Leody Tavarising him when he was a prospect. So like, this kid's good. He's he's a utility infielder, and then he learned to catch, which is wild. But he won a Gold Glove last year. He's putting up Gold Glove caliber defense at shortstop this year, without really doing any of those things that you, you'd point to. I think it's hard to look at him in one game and say, you know, that you can see the thing he's doing right now that makes him the best at what he does. He doesn't really pop off the screen in any of those ways. He's not some huge muscle-bound phenom like a, a Garcia or Joey Gallo, who's just a titan. He's just a really good baseball player, and he, he doesn't really do anything that poorly, except for hit for power, I guess. Um, and it comes together in a really fun package. He seems like a good guy. He's fun to watch. It's been a, it's been a hell of a run this season. And a clubhouse leader. Absolutely. Yeah. We heard that when we were talking with Evan. We see it you know, all the time. This is a guy who's, who's got a presence with the team. There's my dog. <laughs> bark, bark, indeed. But yeah, no, I mean, he's he's the type of guy. Just plug him in, uh, just put him right there at short, and you're good for a decade or more. Uh, that that position is fixed, and it's a that's a that's a big deal because uh, you know we saw Elvis on the slide there for several years, and the Rangers don't have a history of really good shortstops if you look throughout their history it's it's been a position of weakness for a really long time and so it's nice to have that kind of uh just sealed up and 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 done Uh, are you trying to denigrate kevin elster (laughs) kevin elster was a very good hitter kevin elster by the time he made it to the rangers had no range at shortstop. I mean, if it was three feet to either direction, it was going through. It was it was really sad to watch. And we didn't even get a nice dive. There was no patty no. action there. No, he knew. <laughs> we all knew. <laughs> We're all aware of some limitations here, folks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's been nice having a, a good shortstop. And obviously this is a, a great place to just prove that you're an idiot and don't know anything about anything. But you kind of look at the skill set that uh, Falefa has, and I think he's a traditional baseball old man skills kind of guy. 
he's not someone who's really relying on his crazy quick twitch athleticism and the the fountain of youth stuff. He's just kind of a good all around ball player who gets the most out of what he what he's got. So in in theory, you'd hope that there wouldn't be a significant decline into his early thirties. Um, obviously, this could just be the opposite where he's. Uh, on the the bleeding edge, as it were, for maximizing athleticism, and that this is the end. But I really don't think that's the case from what we know about Izzy and how hard he works at essentially everything, all the aspects of being a ball player. So something to look forward to over the next couple of years. He's a guy I would not mind rooting for for a long time as a Ranger. Definitely not. I have no problems doing that. Um, I also want to just highlight, while we're talking about things that make us happy, as opposed to almost everything else the Texas Rangers do, is... The, the damage that Izzy's managed to do with the stick this year because I was looking at it and I was telling myself, yeah, sure, he's batting just under 300, but batting average isn't everything anymore. Doesn't really walk a ton. Doesn't hit for a lot of power. The OPS is just under 750 as of the time of recording. We are through two innings. He's, he's had two plate appearances so far against the Dodgers on Sunday. And then I remembered that no one can hit anymore. Except for Shohei Otani and Jacob DeGrom, who are pitchers, which explains why they can hit. Of course. That's it. That 750 OPS, 746 as of 4.50 p.m. Eastern Time, um, is well above average in 2021 batting statistics. Like, well above average. Yeah, it gives him an OPS plus of 107. So, yeah, again, right where you need him to be. Yeah, it's, it's not even just like right where you need him to be. We're getting almost almost bonus value out of him. I, I think coming into the season, we said if, if Izzy is a roughly average or even a little bit below average hitter, the way that he provides value with the bat is probably useful to the team and that he's he's getting base hits. So he's moving guys around the bags if they're already on, uh, and he's a disruptive base runner. I, I don't think I was really predicting him to be second in the league in steals on June 13th, but you know we knew he was going to pick up some value there. He's a smart base runner. Um, he's a guy you'd love to have on second base. He's going to score a lot, you know, that kind of thing. But a 750 OPS is like legitimate all-star performance right now because nobody can hit. He's an above-average hitter who's hitting in a way that is kind of interesting and a little bit, I don't want to say unique, nobody's unique, right? But is definitely not the, the meta for baseball in 2021. Um, and he's providing gold-glove caliber defensive short. He's a phenomenal base runner. His value is good, and he's stealing bags. Like he's he's a, he's a smart and savvy base runner, and he's actually going out there and just picking up extra value by by stealing second and third. Uh, other than the fact that there's really no power there, he's he's actually like a, a a very good hitter within the context of 2021. Not just an okay hitter, and that was a little surprising to me. I think to to look at at how good he actually is, you know, by the raw numbers. Yeah, and when it, when I talked about his his baseball IQ, I mean, you just look at his uh, his steals numbers. He's got 14 steals. He only got one caught stealing all season. So he's not being stupid on the base pass. He's not just out there no. trying to pad stats. He's up he's, to 15 to 1 now. There you go. He's, he's still third earlier. And, okay. Uh, yeah, he's, he's not doing super stuff. He's not, you know, volume stealing. He's, he's seeing his spots and he's taking advantage of them. He's just providing value in a lot of different ways. Um, hitting is so bad in baseball right now that, uh, at least according to Baseball Reference, the the actual overall OPS plus of baseball is below average. Somehow baseball <laughs> is below its own average. And and I was actually reading about this a couple of weeks ago that some of the the metrics are struggling a little bit because of the way that um, things are weighted. 
So I think the, the, a classic one for Rangers fans is something about park factors, that Texas was getting screwed a little bit on some advanced um, uh, stat stuff last year and this year because the new ballpark is not the old ballpark. And right. so places that had not adjusted their park factors were punishing Texas because the new park is definitely much more pitcher-friendly. It may actually overall be a pitcher-friendly park. It, it's what it looks like so far, but we don't have the data quite yet. But it does look like it's at least neutral, but probably more on the pitcher side, whereas the old ballpark was obviously heavily hitter favorite. And I would say especially when the, the roof is closed. I mean, that, that power just dies when the when the river is closed. Yeah. They just, uh, there's no uh, jet stream. So the, the Rangers, as just a team, were getting hurt a little bit, where their numbers were being viewed by, by some metrics. Um, some, some places are better about adjusting all of their stuff than, than others. But the Rangers were getting hurt in a couple of places because they were being judged by the ballpark at Arlington, by the Temple, and not by Globe Life Warehouse. And that wasn't exactly, like, fair to them. That's actually happening across all of baseball right now, partially because the balls are different. Um, even if MLB doesn't say that they are, I mean, they are. Uh, but just, like, looking at the numbers everywhere, hitting is down so much that a lot of um, algorithms and, and metrics haven't quite fully adjusted to it yet. So a 750 OPS from Isaiah kiner Falefa is, like, a roughly 107, 110 OPS plus, it actually might be considerably higher once we have enough data to fully uh, shake everything out. Like, Izzy might be a well above average hitter, not just an above average hitter. Because no one's hitting. No one can hit. He's 10 over the league average OPS plus. <laughs> That's stupid. It's crazy. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll take it to the bank. It's, uh, it's a lot In this odd season that we're experiencing now, yeah. Yeah, it's a very goofy season. He's, he's one of the few uh, bright spots because uh, there's not a lot there. No. I mean, Kobe Allard, he gave you a nice performance last night with five strong. Um, gave it five hits, only one walk, four strikeouts. Uh, that's a good solid performance. Looks like he's someone who has the opportunity to uh, cement himself in the starting rotation. His ERA right now is 2.91. So a sub three ERA, yeah, uh, he's not going anywhere. Mm-mm. And that's good because you've got him. You've got Dunning, who can be up and down. Uh, like to think some of that is just, you know, part of the learning curve for him. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- I think that he will even out a little bit more as we move forward. And then, of course, you've got Cole Wynn knocking at the door in Frisco. I mean, yeah, I I, I, I think there's a very good chance that he's in the starting rotation next year. And I think it's almost a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of when, you know, right. is he be an August call up? Is he a June call up? Does he make it out of spring training? I wouldn't put anything out of the realm of possibility with him. He's pitching very well. Extremely fun to think about. Yeah. So that's three, three guys in your rotation, you know, and if we don't tra- trade a uh, Gibson, then he'll be back. So that's, it's pretty solid four, four out of five. Now who do you get? To plug it at number five, be it you know Arahara coming back or you know everyone wants some more faulty, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm still okay with the the, the faulty experiment. I'm always a, a sucker for a reclamation type, especially anybody that I'm I'm familiar with. But the the upside, if you can figure it out, is still much more intriguing to me than than picking up a couple of different. Uh, 
journeyman type. I'm, I'm not going to name names. I don't, we don't need to be negative today. I'm going to try and avoid there you uh, go. Uh, pissing on anybody. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, Fulton Oats has not really been a particularly scintillating experiment this season. We've had some our moments, but obviously they did not happen in the Friday game that we're not going to talk about. But yeah, Dane Dunning has been, when he's been good, he's been very good. When he's been bad, he hasn't really been that bad. Um, right. He, he he has a problem with the uh, the odd-numbered innings, you know, especially that first inning. He gave up one today, which that's progress for him, you know. And, and giving up one run to the, sort of the sequence that the Dodgers got there. Obviously, this is one of the best offenses in baseball. Everybody on this team is just uh, good. They're, they're all pretty good at what they do. And Mookie Betts is overall one of the best players in the sport, pretty easily scoring from first on a funky ball in the corner. Sure. Like, whatever, man. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen. That's fine. Uh, I'd like to see the offense pick him up a little bit here, at least give him a chance to feel like he's still in this game. Still only one nothing. Still in the second inning. Obviously, tons of baseball left to be played today. Of course. Yeah. These these parts of the, the future that we're seeing come together, not even just in the minor leagues, where we are dreaming on guys like Cole Wynn or just a, a guy to shout out to Mason Englert uh, making his return from the suspended list after Naughty Naughty Mason was caught with an, I believe, undisclosed foreign substance on his belt. Is that right? His, his belt buckle, yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. So that was his, I think May 31st was his last start. Picked up the 10-day suspension. Baseball is threatening to crack down on pitcher substances at all levels. Obviously, been a very controversial topic. We've seen a lot of conversation on this from from players, from pitchers, from hitters. Um, most of whom I've been, I guess, not surprised, but interested to see are f- in favor of substances. Yeah, it's it's the same old thing with baseball. They can't get out of their own way. You no. know, players cheat. Owners turn their backs. Then somehow players get caught, usually by the media, and then big gasps all around and everyone's clutching their pearls and then they end up not punishing teams nearly enough for what they were doing and then they go back to doing the same old thing. It's, it's, it's a, a cycle that has been going on for decades in this sport. It's nothing new. And I think there's a specifically interesting conversation we had about substances right now with what we know about spin uh, and how that's changed. Everybody throws 98 miles an hour now where they, they right. just didn't 20 years ago or, or 40 years ago. So the game is, is different in some ways, but a, a lot of this stuff isn't... I mean, it's not going to be that different. It's the same kind of... I guess cheating. It is. It is technically cheating. It it's been is going on for years and years. But a bunch of the hitters are like, "Look, everybody does it. We're all aware of it. Standardize it. Like, figure out what stuff we are going to allow. Like, you want to you want to use a little bit of sunscreen. You want to get a little bit of pine tar out there. Sure, man. Can we not be doing the the? It's like it's a lot like the the steroid conversation in the '90s. Yeah, we knew players were doing some stuff. We didn't realize that they were going to the lab to to let the the Bruce Banners of the world change things in ways that we weren't aware of. Is that a problem? Not necessarily. But you can make a decision about it. You can say, Ex- "Hey, except they screwed up the the record the record book." That's that's the thing to me that was just the most appalling is, you know, guys like um, Hank Aaron. Uh, you know, losing the overall batting or home run title it, to me that was just sickening because it shouldn't have been. And Roger Maris for, for for his part as well, you know, sixty one in a season got destroyed. Mm-hmm. 
it, 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 it's just, I don't know. And even with the spikes in home runs, we haven't had anybody even really meaningfully threaten a single-season home run title. Oh, no. Not even close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, there's a huge conversation to be had there about, well, you know, where was it good for baseball? Where was it bad for baseball? There's obviously a lot of ink that's been spilled on the home run chase between McGuire and Sosa being kind of... Uh, Cartoonish? It was <laughs> really good for baseball in a lot of ways, in that, in that it saved it was. some things, you know? It was. Um, sorry, I'm watching some clown ball happen in this, this Rangers game. Oh, yeah, I'm watching it too. <laughs> <laughs> always, always love that when it doesn't happen to you. Um, right. And that's and this is... and uh, I'm just going to make a, a quick note here for unnamed members of the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. In a rundown, you do chase the player, and you do not throw the ball to the very end. Correct. The reason you do that is when you don't have a force behind you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) If you can just go backwards, always go backwards, baby. Uh, You're closer. You're going to win that race. Uh, Yeah. So uh, getting getting the pick off there. Kind of fun. So on the negative side, you got Mason Englert and his substance issue, I guess. Right. But on the positive side, you have him striking out nine and not walking anybody today. And there's other players because he's talking about, too. Curtis Terry uh, is one that has caught my eye. You know uh, I'm always happy to talk about Curtis Terry. Let's get into it. He's on the young season, already has nine home runs, 25 Mm -hmm. RBIs, batting 319 with an Mm -hmm. OPS of 1.004. Is that good? Um, Over a one usually is good. I mean, he's no whichever Hernandez. Which Hernandez is this on Round Rock? Elie? Elier? I'm not sure. Oh, no. I'm not even sure I know who Elier Hernandez is. Who is Elier Hernandez? <laughs> Chris Terry isn't even first on his own team, though, in OPS, so hard to say that he's really that good. You know. Yeah, Call me but when he gets uh, over a 1.007. <laughs> I think there's a better than zero chance we see him with the big league club this year. Oh, at I, th- some I think point. you... Yeah. I think we kind of gotta. Obviously, September call-ups are going to be weird, and that's something I would I would love to talk with like the organization about, or just around baseball generally, of, of how the the change to roster rules, where you pretty much you can't just call up everybody on the forty man anymore. Right. You, you, you it's only go from twenty six to twenty eight. Right. Yeah. Which I, two two guys. I guess I get it a little bit. There was some roster manipulation the teams were doing, but. I don't really know that that was a problem. Just just to me from a fan, and I haven't looked at the numbers. I might just be talking out of my butt here, but I, I kind of liked that that time. It was a, it would certainly be nice for a team like Texas, who certainly wants to get some guys uh, a look at the bigs without hurting yourself unnecessarily in terms of service time work, and not without putting too much pressure on some of these younger players. A thing that we hear about all the time that it can be a problem to bring kids up too soon. Texas has clearly tried to slow down how their promotional uh, aggression goes right. in the minors. But it would suck if the, the reason that we don't get Curtis Terry is because you kind of need to be gaming the last month of the season and he's the 29th or 30th guy when you used to have 40 and now you only get 28. That would suck. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's kind of forcing some issues down there. Mm-hmm. You know, Where do you put him on the big league team is a bit of a problem. Uh, first not- base only. I mean, that's the only position he can play. 
Right, and and that's obviously a problem for the Rangers' roster construction in that they have a first-base-only guy in Nate Lowe, and they have a DH in Willie Calhoun, who has played pretty reasonable outfield, at least to my eye. I have not looked at the, the numbers on Mr. Calhoun. I cannot imagine he's gold-gloving out there. But I haven't watched games and been offended uh, by the glove work I've seen in a corner from Willie so far this season. I, that may hurt Terry's promotional uh, chances a little bit just because you have to put him somewhere. But I don't think it should hurt it that much. Yeah, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Nate Lowe to have a little competition, you know? Yeah, start pushing a little bit. Yeah. You're talking about I mean, one of the only guys in this team who does have an above-average batting line, though. So I don't, I don't want to push Nate Lowe too hard here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's okay. It's just to me, it's not what you expect out of a, thir- a first baseman. First baseman is a power position. It's 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 the slugger that's going to give you power all day long. And Curtis Terry seems to fit that bill. And I'm not so sure about Nate Lowe. It's okay. Nate Lowe also has nine home runs. I'm not going to look at how many games he's played versus. Uh, it's it's 233 at bats for him. 113 for. Curtis Terry, so he's got sure, 120 fun. more at bats. Same number of home runs. <laughs> well, I, I think there's something to be said that the the modern game may be there, there may be some experimentations with leaving that kind of philosophy behind. That the first base doesn't need to just be a power guy. But why? That certainly isn't the case as of yet. Because it's but. it's your weakest glove on the team. He's he's got to have the power because that's what makes up for the lack of glove. In my opinion, I mean well, that's what it's been historically. Right I'm sorry, with how little defense matters right now, you just put all your power guys at like second. No one's getting base hits anymore anyway. Yeah, just grounding into the shift or striking out. So, ah, yeah. it's it's gonna it's something that we're gonna have to keep tracking over the next couple of years, especially if we don't see radical shifts to things like how the the shift is legislated by baseball. Which is something that, on the one hand, I think could be done right. Uh, and because I said the word could, I don't think baseball will do it right. No, they, they never do it right. To do it right. They never do it right. No. So, we'll see. Um, there, I think there could be some shifts to our traditional understanding of the, like the defensive spectrum, just as more aggressive math gets applied to you know where you want to try and squeeze some value and stuff. I don't think it's really going to meaningfully move first base away from traditional power, though. I, it could, and I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. But I, I don't. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't argue the point. I think. Yeah. But yeah, I, Terry is obviously extremely interesting, very exciting player. Uh, I hope he just keeps mashing. Uh, yeah, I, that's a guy you want to just see force you to make some decisions. I'd much rather be in a case where we've got a kid who's sitting on 20, 25 home runs in half of a season down there at AAA, and fans are like, hey, this kid could be good. Like, I want to see this guy play the majors, as opposed to what we've had, it feels like, for the last decade or so, where your starter somewhere sucks, and you just kind of hope that a guy is better. Like, if we're talking about a first-base position, right. first-base has been a team that, a position that the Rangers have not really had a great player at for a long time now we've had some some flashes here and there but since like, mark Teixeira, it's like <laughs> look i mean no offense to mitch moreland but we weren't really like clamoring to get a a, a shot at 
some of these other guys on the farm because we were really in trip what they were going to do is that we were all a little bored of the 110 OPS plus Mitch Moreland. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I love Arnold Guzman. Obviously, he's a huge you know, favorite of the, the podcast, but this is not a guy who's established himself at the majors such that you wouldn't mind having a player come up and force his way into first base. Uh, I think yeah. Nate Lowe's a good hitter. I think he's been a good player, and I think he's going to be a part of the team for a while. But he's also this is a guy who's got like a one ten OPS plus. This is this is not <laughs> a, not a traditional big bopper right now at first base. This is not a guy rocking a nine hundred OPS who's doing his thing. This is a guy who's just kind of playing the game. And if Curtis Terry looks like a guy who might be able to do some significant damage, I, I'm more excited to see a guy force his way up there than us to go, well, crap, this is not working. Uh, let's find somebody else. Right. And it would be fun to have it go that way for once. And sure. And what feels like kind of the other direction. And we saw that a little bit with Eddie Tavares, who uh, is obviously still a very interesting prospect, who we really want to be a, a very good player and a big part of this team. But I kind of felt that he ended up with the center field position last year and the beginning of this season because Texas just didn't have anybody who could play center. Right. And so we were like, okay, uh, Leota, you, uh, you know, we're calling on you, buddy. As opposed to letting him, I don't think you have to force guys to earn their way there. I think that can he can get you in a bad mental position. But it'd be nice to be forced, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> nice to have a guy force the issue. It's frustrating with Leoti because you know he's been sent back down. He's still not hitting, and mm-hmm. he's still like about a two thirty, two forty hitter, which he should be clobbering the ball in in Triple uh, A. But you hope. You'd hope. You'd hope. Good thing. Uh, Adolis, even though he's cooled down some, is he's still filling in quite nicely in center field. Yes. Uh, I think the defense has been pretty solid. I actually have not looked uh, extremely recently. Let me go pull up what Fangraphs thinks about him. I think he's an above-average defender still. Um, he's no Isaiah kind of falefa but he's a pretty good player. <laughs> I mean, Izzy is a top-ten defender in terms of overall value. And the only sure. guys ahead of him are, are it's a couple of catchers. His catching is obviously slanted really, really strong. So Will Smith at the Dodgers has a phenomenal reputation as a catcher. Sean Murphy with Oakland. A um, couple other uh, guys in here for, for in-the-field dudes. Izzy is tied with Miguel Rojas of the Marlins, who, from what I remember, is not much of a hitter. I'm going to pull it up. Uh, Kevin Newman from Pittsburgh, also a pretty light bat. And then Trey Turner with the Nats. So... Uh, Izzy, let me, let me just take a quick look around. Now, you know, of course, Miguel Rojas is quite good this season. That's me being a big dumb dumb head. Uh, a, at least Kevin Newman, not a big thumper. So, Izzy, one of the ten best defenders in baseball, at least according to Fangraphs, uh, defensive valuation also has been pretty good with the stick offensively. Fun all the way around. Yeah, good player worth a two, a little over two FWAR, just ahead of Garcia at one point eight and uh, Gallo at one point five. Uh, Fairgrass does not like Joey Gallo's defense very much this season, which seems a little weird. It is weird. I haven't, I haven't seen any a particular decline. In anything, but. I haven't seen any big gaffes out in right field. I mean, he's gunned some guys down at the plate. He's still doing what he does. Mm-hmm. That's weird. We'll see how that shakes out. Oh, actually, I'm going to go look. Obviously, he won the Gold Glove last year. What did Fangraphs think of his defense last season? Uh, they thought he was actually pretty good. They, they think he's just quite bad this year. Went from a a solid 3.7 defensive runs in 19 uh, in like you know half a season, obviously, and then in a right. pretty similar amount of games last year, 3.5 uh, down to negative 3.1 this year, really holding him back. They think. Woof! Wow. Yeah. 
base running is still solid. Uh, he's a he's a quite a good base runner, um, especially when you when you take into account that he's roughly fourteen feet tall. <laughs> Anyways, he's approximately a giraffe, um, just size and height. So yeah, I don't know what that is, but Fangas loves Isaiah Kainafalafa. We love Isaiah Kainafalafa. The defense is extraordinarily there. The offense has been. I think people know that he's um, not a bad hitter right now, but honestly, like. Take a second to poke around stats around the game. Everyone sucks this year. Nobody can hit. So the fact that Isaiah Kainafalefa actually has an acceptable batting line, not just for a shortstop, you know, 750 OPS has been more or less average over the last, I think, 20, 30 years. That's so kind of where you want an average player. That he has that average line when everyone sucks and is playing gold glove shortstop. Woo, love it. What is the name of the Giants manager that used to play for the Rangers? Gabe Kaplan. Kepler. Yeah, Gabe Kaplan. He actually said in the in the extra innings game that the Giants lost earlier in the week, last week. Um, he bet he pitched around um, IKF to get to um, to get to Brock Holt, and he said after the game, he said, "Yeah, I, I, IKF, he's he's a good hitter. He's, he's someone you have to respect." And it's like, wow, it's it's cool hearing that stuff from other teams, you know. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, and you, you love it. Like, you love to see that, that kind of respect. And just taking a poke around what offensive stats look like around baseball, that's not, I don't think that's fluff. That's not just smoke. Like, Izzy actually is right now a pretty good hitter, especially within the context of 2021 baseball. No one is hitting particularly well. And so a guy that's, that's, you know, batting at almost a 300 clip and you know, batting average something we almost never talk about on this pot. You know, we'll mention it, but kind of in the context of it's a, it's still a good shorthand for guys like, you know, like you and me, us, us old hands who've been around the sport for a few years. Um, but like, there might be something to be said that batting average may be more important right now than it has been in, in a hundred years, just because everything's strikeouts. If a guy is actually putting the ball in play and taxing defenses and, and moving your, your walk runners around, it might actually be even more valuable now than it has been in a really long time. I'm not sure about that. I would love to see some numbers on it. Um, but a guy who can make contact the way that Izzy can, especially when you're talking about the context of what you were just mentioning, extra innings games where there's an automatic runner at second base, having a guy who bats 300 is a lot more valuable to you when you have a free guy on second than a guy who on bases, you know, 375, but bats 225. Right. Uh, I'm sure I'm wrong there, and that math actually says the 375 OBP are still more valuable. Um, <laughs> but but maybe it's not when you adjust for the context of 2021, where everyone else strikes out. The, the guy who's just going to slap that ball, put it into play, and then steal second for you, this might be the most valuable that position's been since, what, the at least since the 80s, right? Yeah. Um, we haven't seen the stolen base and the, like, make contact, put the ball in play, hitter be particularly valuable in decades. And... Izzy's a throwback. He's a weird player in a couple of ways, and he might be even more sneaky valuable than the metrics give him credit for. And that's saying something because metrics love this guy. Like he's he's very popular with advanced stats. Like a lot of stuff he does really appeals to the modern game. I think he's doing a lot of these modern things in a really kind of traditional throwbacky way. It's it's kind of fun to have that guy on your team. He's I think he's an easy player to root for. He's a lot of cool stuff. I love digging around his his stats profiles and finding weird stuff. So. Well, especially when, I mean, nobody saw this coming. He had utility infielder written all over him when he yep. arrived. And, and no one expected this out of him. 
and he just keeps um, silencing his critics. Yeah, and it's it's fun. This is a guy who got asked to move to catcher because yeah. there there wasn't really and, and said sure even <laughs> as a utility infielder. It's just like a backup shortstop. There wasn't a path to this kid, and so he learned to catch. <laughs> I mean, the only thing more difficult to do is to learn to pitch or hit. Right. The, the, the two hardest parts of the game. Right behind it, and, and, and according to some, maybe harder than one or the other, catching. And there's going to be some natural talent that lends itself to being a pitcher or a hitter. I could, I could study pitching for the next 20 years, all day. I'm still not going to be a major league pitcher. I do not have the, 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 the raw stuff to do that. Learning to catch may be the hardest thing to do in baseball because you have to just learn it. There's a lot of stuff you have to learn and be a, be a natural athlete, be a good ball player. And he just did that. And he yeah. made the bigs as a catcher, which is wild. <laughs> Our gold glove third baseman, maybe gold glove shortstop, uh, only made the majors because we needed more catchers. And so he was like, yeah, I'll pick up a glove. I'll figure it out. That's just dumb. That's that's a that's a unique player. But you 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 do what the game asks of you, and you get rewarded. I mean, mm-hmm. you remember it was uh, it was last fall when Woody said that uh, IKF's gonna be our starting uh, shortstop. Just handed it to him over the winter. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And he hasn't disappointed. Excuse me, hasn't disappointed anybody. No. I'm, I have a stat cast pulled up. I love to look at stat casts to see what it tells. And Izzy is such a funny profile because he, he's very bad in some of the stat cast metrics. His uh, exit velocity sucks. Oh, His yeah. Barrel always percentage has. Sucks. His hard hit percentage sucks. And, like, sucks, sucks. These are bottom 10% of baseball. Like, they're terrible. These are abysmal numbers. <laughs> but he's a, a solid earner, 70th percentile. You know, fine. Uh, and then his strikeout percentage, elite. And his expected batting average also also elite. Like these are in the they're in the eighty plus percentile ranges. And his whiff rate eighty nine percent, one of the best in baseball. He he very rarely swings and misses. When he hits the ball, he's not putting um, big dinger, big power contact. But he's he's hitting the ball where it's supposed to be. He's he's not uh, benefiting from a ton of batted ball luck really. And he just doesn't strike out, which is not a thing you see very much in the modern game. And there's a lot of value that clearly can be picked up by just simply putting the ball in play right now, by just not swinging and missing. Well, and you not giving about, up home runs to Mookie Betts. Stop it. <laughs> well, you talked about the modern game. I mean, one of the things that he's doing that you really don't see a whole lot of is he's very good at hitting it in the opposite direction, just, just pushing it that way when the situation calls for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at a spray chart here. All of his home runs are to left, um, with exception of one to straightaway center field. He has plenty of hits to the left side, but he also has a big collection of singles into right center field, like short yeah. right center, where he's just that's basically slapping the ball either way. There's not a lot of balls to the fence here. <laughs> if you, uh, you look right. at the, the Isaiah Kainer-Falefa spray chart, there's a couple of dingers. There's one that went off the bottom of the fence a couple of weeks ago that I remember. And uh, everything else is just these like little... It, dirty singles kind of splashed into the, the the no man's land in the middle middle of the outfield, and then he does love to to rip a uh, ground ball or a low liner double into the left field corner. Oh yeah, skips past the third baseman. Oh, he loves doing that. Those are uh, fun. But he's such a good runner. He gets out of the box very well. That he can uh, reach on balls in the infield. He's done that a couple of times, and then he'll go and steal second for you. Fifteen steals. 
one Castellan. Good, good all-around ball player. There's always something he's doing in every game that'll make you smile. There's a lot of stuff you can point to. Um, this is going to be the worst comp in the history of comps. Feel free to just log off right now. Um, in no way is this particularly accurate, but it's a little bit like I was trying to describe why Mike Trout is good to someone who doesn't watch a lot of baseball. And that Trout doesn't do the things that like Giancarlo Stanton or Max Scherzer do. Um, you know, a highlight player I love using for a while is Jose Fernandez. Just like crazy pitches, you know? Right. Um, but you can watch a Mike Trout game and just say, all of this stuff, he, the, this is what you should be doing. This is what it, it looks like in a ball game. It's just right. That, that short swing gets to the ball, puts the ball in play, does all this stuff. I say I kind of love that there's no Mike Trout. No. Um, but there's no particular aspects of this game that are extremely interesting. But his all-around, like, that's just sort of a ball player, is it, it's just off the charts. And it's really easy to point to a lot of what he does over the course of the game. And oh, say, no. <laughs> but that, was a, that was a hell of a play right there. Uh, oh, no. Speaking of no man's land, uh, and the, the two guys we've been talking about the most, uh, Adelis Garcia yes. and Carter Falefa, just yes. did not quite find a baseball there. And, whoops. Not very good communication. IKF just kind of bailed out, and Garcia thought that IKF had it. And yeah, no, we're just going to let it drop. I think Izzy could have gotten back on that one, and I think he thought he heard Garcia calling it. Must have been, who knows? I'm, I'm hoping that's one of those ones where Gretchen was like, no, no, I was saying Boo Earns. Uh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I, I don't know what that was. Pretty rough. Pretty rough. But it is what it is. So, yeah, that's uh, that's Texas Rangers baseball. Isaiah kind of Falafa, shockingly good. Yes. And actually good. Both ways. So who do we have coming up uh, next? Oh, don't. I have no idea. No, I, I do actually have this pulled up. Um, so the, the Rangers are finishing the set with the, the Dodgers, and then we finally get to see the Astros Yay. in Houston. This is the second series against Houston, right? We had them in Arlington a couple weeks ago. Correct. And we swept them. That's right. Yes, it was we a, did. That was a double walk-off series. Oh, that was fun. Um, so, yes, we, we do get uh, two games at Houston, and then we welcome the Twins through the rest of the uh, the week, and then after that, it's going to be a long homestand. we got Oakland and the Royals. So we'll have a little bit of a head-to-head action. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa versus Whit Merrifield for the stolen base crown in the American League and in all of baseball, the steal. Kind of a dying art, so fun to see a couple of guys who are doing it. And who else would be stealing bags but Texas's very best throwback, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. That's it. That's the docket. Baseball's still happening. The minors are a lot of fun. Joey Gallo can still throw the ever-loving crap out of the baseball. God, I love to watch that man. Even when he doesn't get the out. You're right. Yeah. Just a big throw. Always fun and good. Pay attention to Isaiah Conor-Falefa. Take a look at stats around the league. Recognize the fact that, yeah, you know he's good. He's better than you think he is. He's a fun player, and we should be uh, enjoying him while we've got him on our screens. So go out there, watch some minors. Take a little, a little easy, take a little easy approach to your day-to-day life. It'll be good for you. Go Rangers. Go Rangers.